0: This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. This week on Meet and 3, we celebrate Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month with an episode about memory. I've always read and sort of approached cookbooks for more than the recipes. To me, they are full of narrative content
1: and narrative value.
0: So malama aina basically means to take care of the land. For us as Hawaiians, it's taking care of our older sibling.
1: But I do remember, like, definitely feeling, like, self-conscious about it, like, being the only one who kind of wasn't eating a sandwich and, like, didn't have a bag of goldfish or Lunchables.
0: Listen to Meet and 3 wherever you get your podcasts.
1: You're listening to Feast Meets West the show celebrating Asian cuisine and culture as we have conversations with the passionate people from the world of Asian food. I'm your host, Linda Liu. It's been a year since we recorded, and of course, so much has happened since last summer when the end to the pandemic was still uncertain. Today, we can say that we are on a clear path to recovery in the U.S., um, More than 61% of U.S. adults have received at least one vaccine shot. Nationwide case counts are at their lowest levels since October. And while some COVID precautions are still in place, New York City restaurants are now allowed to reopen at full capacity. Personally, I'm finally letting out this long breath I've held onto for over a year. And I think we're finally allowed to say, we feel pretty optimistic for the future. Among the adversity of the past year, many new restaurants and businesses have opened and they have kept the New York Asian food scene flourishing in terms of what we've been eating both at home and outside of the home. The conversation we're sharing today is one of them. I spoke with Joe Boo founder of Asian Veggies, a New York City-based grocery delivery service for, you guessed it, Asian vegetables and Asian specialty foods. It's a business born out of the pandemic. Joe started Asian Veggies as an effort to save his dad's wholesale vegetable business in Brooklyn. Many restaurants and supermarkets that were ordering from him had to shut down at the time. And I remember during peak pandemic, I didn't want to spend so much time in public spaces just to be safe, and I really leaned into delivery service. So seeing an inventory list from Asian veggies where I could find all my favorite veggies like Chinese broccoli and pea shoots and snacks from shrimp chips to high chews felt like a godsend. It's no surprise that the business has since expanded from just Joe and two drivers to a team of 15 in the span of a year. Now, here's my conversation with Joe. Hey, Joe. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast.
2: Hey, Linda. How's it going? Thanks for uh, having us.
1: Yeah. So, Tell us how you came up with the Asian veggies concept. What's the origin story here?
2: Absolutely. Um, so Asian veggies actually started last year, April 16th of 2020 um, at the height of the lockdown. Now for me, when I first started it, it was really just a side project that I, you know, decided to kick off just to help my dad out and to give you a bit of context here. And so my dad is a, uh, He's a produce wholesaler, and uh, he specializes in all the ethnic Asian veggies that you find in your typical, you know, Chinese supermarket. And uh, he's pretty high up in the supply chain to the point where, you know, he works directly with the farms. And so literally every single day, he's getting about like, you know, 40, 50 pallets worth of just one type of vegetable. And so when you're at the top of the supply chain like him, you truly have to move volume in order just to, you know, break even on your business. Now back to the original story. Um, so at the height of the lockdown, you know, a lot of Chinese supermarkets had slowed down, um, foot traffic was, you know, down to all time low, and as well as a lot of restaurants. And so basically, you know, the entire supply chain had shut down momentarily. And when him and I one day were just catching up on, you know, what's been going on with work, what's changed, how the dynamics changed Swift you know, shifted, um, he kind of told me that, he had been doing that something he had never done before, which was they started doing retail orders. And um, when I started asking him more about that, he said, well, I was asking, like, so how do you promote it? Like, how does it work? He goes, like, well, um, you know, every day, uh, we, we have a PDF that we update with all the quantities and prices you'd be getting for each of the veggies. And we send it out on WeChat. And, you know, customers write in and they tell us what they want. And, you know, we we create the orders and we deliver them. And I was like... Oh, um, you know, you could 100% be expanding this more if you're on like Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, just like Google AdWords and so forth, right? And he kind of, you know, shrugged it off at the time. And mm-hmm. he's not a very really big tech savvy guy. And so I was like, oh, wait, well, uh, well, let me give it a shot. And I just went to his warehouse one day, grabbed, you know, a couple of veggies, um, started taking pictures on my iPhone and um went on shopify literally started a three-month trial and within two days um asian veggies was born (laughs) wow yeah
1: yeah and you launched at such a much needed time too like a lot of grocery stores were running out of essential items at the peak of covid in the city and then um, everyone also wanted to minimize time spent outdoors especially in crowded places folks were all cooking at home um so yeah, did you find that those things led to um, a successful launch?
2: Oh, yes. Um, I, I just think had I launched this today versus a year ago, like yeah. COVID really put us on the map. Um, the, the look on people's faces when we would just deliver, you know, a, a, a box of veggies to them, they were like so happy. And they're just like, one, Joe, first off, I don't even know how I was supposed to get to Chinatown. Like, customers on the Upper West Side, Upper East Side were coming to us and saying, Hey, Joe, like, this is a godsend. One, you know, we grew up with all these types of veggies. Two, if you live on the Upper West Side, this is just about impossible to get anywhere unless you're willing to make the drive down to Chinatown, which was just about impossible at the time. Um, So we were, we basically blew up. Like, we hit the ground running as soon as the site was launched.
1: Yeah. Um, did you have an idea before the launch that it would be so successful? Like were you feeling confident about the idea? Um, were you doing some research to figure out like if this there was demand in this market?
2: Uh, so it's actually funny. Um, I didn't do as much research as most entrepreneurs would have done. The way I thought about it, selfishly speaking, was um so I give you a little side story here. Um so on Sundays, uh at the height of the lockdown, my mom would literally be like, Joey, we've got to drive me to 8th Ave. and I would drive her to 8th Ave. and she'd be like, Okay, we're, I'm gonna go line up on the supermarket. Um, you go pick up the roast pork, I'll go on the supermarket. So I would wait on this like line to get in, like, you know, twenty minutes. What neighborhood a was this? Oh, AFAV, uh in Borough Park, Brooklyn.
1: Ah, gotcha.
2: Yeah, so she, I would go to Mongkok Bakery, which is on like 50, the low 50s street, um, wait like 20 minutes just to get like a pound of roast pork. And then she would drop me off at like Fei Long or um, mm. I'm blanking on the name, but it's on like Fort Hampton Parkway. And to get in the door was 45 minutes. And you know, you buy your stuff, to get out the door was maybe another hour. And so this whole excursion took uh, two hours, three hours. Um, and after three weeks of just doing this, I was like, I can't. I value time, um, as most of us do, and this is just so inefficient. And so, you know, when I was thinking about the site at the time, I was like, I bet there are other people out there um, who live so much further from AFav and are just, like, hating this experience right now. Um, and so that's when, I, that's when the idea came to fruition. I was like, you know what? My dad's got the vegetables. Like, let me help him out by creating this. Um, and let's just see where it goes.
1: <laughs> yeah. What kind of audience did you think you were going to reach?
2: Yeah, sure. So I was basically building a site for someone like myself. Um, so, you know, I'm firstborn generation um, or you call it ABC uh, and just someone who grew up having these vegetables. But, you know, nowadays um, I live, well, I, at, the, at the pandemic, I was living in Gowanus, Brooklyn. Um, it's not easy. Making the trek to getting, you know, these types of vegetables, and so I said, I want to market to the other Joe Boos of Brooklyn or Queens or Manhattan. Um, So that was my target market. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, fair. Nothing like using yourself as like the (laughs) customer profile that you know best.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: (laughs) So, what was a measure of success that you set out for yourself at the start? Like, what was a goal? that you achieved and you are like, okay, I'll keep doing this.
2: Sure. I mean, I never really said, hey, like we need to hit, you know, $20,000 in revenue to to prove that we're doing something. For me, it was always a project of like, let's build a really cool website. Let's have some really nice pictures, like some Instagram worthy photos that will induce customers to want to just buy the vegetables. Because even if they don't know it, just the copy is so good or the photos are so nice that mm-hmm. um, it's just they're just going to be like, I don't know what this is, but I want to try it because the copy sounds so good. Um, literally. <laughs> who's the
1: copywriter and who's the photographer?
2: Uh, so you can thank my iPhone 11 uh, portrait mode. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, and then at first I was typing up my own copy, uh, but eventually, you know, fast forward uh, in July-ish, um, I brought on two more partners. And so one of them, who's like an ex-chef, um, he types up our copy now.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And um, so you've obviously grown the team. How big are you guys now?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, So all in, let's see, there's about, uh, let's see, there's three partners, there's about five warehouse workers, and we have about six delivery drivers. Wow. So yeah, about like 15, 14, 15.
1: Mm -hmm. And how did you start? Like, where did you? um, How many people did you have at the very beginning?
2: Oh, so at the very beginning, um, literally it was just me and two drivers. Um, when we first started, my dad was already was fulfilling all of the orders out of his warehouse. Just because it literally, like when I tell you the wholesale orders had stopped, it basically was you. They had so much time that they were able to do their wholesale business in the early mornings and then transition and do their retail orders from like nine a.m. onwards. Um, yeah, so we, I was super fortunate at the point where I kind of, it, it almost was like a Grubhub model where I just acted as like a marketplace. And I my my dad's like warehouse and his workers were like the fulfillment center. And I just did worry about the drivers. Um, and so my cousin, you know, reached out. Well, he introduced me to one of his close friends, um, also from Brooklyn. And uh, he was my driver. And then it organically grew. And he said, hey, you know, my brother's also looking for some work. And I was like, well, guess what? We need more drivers. <laughs> it just organically grew.
1: And um, what about your product list and the space that you work out of? How has that grown since the beginning?
2: Sure. So towards um, about July, August time, uh, my dad told me that his business was pretty much you know going back to normal, and that he was going to want to transition out of the retail space I any mean, Retail, retail portion. And I was kind of faced with the dilemma of, like, is Asian, was, you know, was Asian veggies just a COVID project, which, turned you know, worked out real well? Or, like, should we double down and really try to build something? <laughs> and, you know, fast forward, uh, if you saw the crystal ball, here I am today. Um, so we basically went, I, I took on my two partners. Um, and at first, they owned their own restaurant um, in Park Slope. And so we operated out of the restaurant for a short time. And during that time, we were really focused on finding a warehouse that worked for us. And we got really lucky because um, a family friend had just a vacancy in his warehouse. And so we ended up, you know, getting an 8,000 square foot warehouse.
1: Wow, that's incredible. Um, and what yeah. about your your product list? How many items did you start with and where are you now?
2: Yeah, sure. So um to give you a bit of context, I think around March or like around May, around May, we had about 40, somewhere between 40 to 50 SKUs. Uh, fast forward to the day, we're we're trending around 625 to 650 products on the site.
1: Wow, incredible. Yeah. And what are some of your most popular items?
2: Of course. I mean, in the um, for the vegetables, I think you, I mean, you and I both know what the best sellers are. <laughs> pea shoots, Chinese broccoli, scallions, uh, yu choy, just when you know, people like you and I think Asian vegetables, like the ones we grew up eating, those are the ones that are the best sellers. Um, there's like no ambiguity there. <laughs> and then for dried goods, um, you know, we have things like our Shaoxing cooking wine, um, kodoya, so sesame oil, like the Lao mm-hmm. Ganma, chili Okay, a crisp. lot of
1: cooking essentials.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, laocheng, so like Chinese sausage, um, you know, the the, the black Whittiers um, yeah. or a black mm-hmm. fungus. Yeah, those are one of our own bestsellers as well, as well as like the vinegar that we use for like soup dumplings or just like, you know, as like a side condiment.
1: Yeah. And how do you decide what new items to add to your inventory?
2: Sure. Uh, so there's two parts to it, and it's actually kind of funny. Um, one, uh, we keep a, a long list of all the requests that customers, you know, write in and this was super helpful early on because when i started we were like well which direction should we go and my dad at the time you know he only has access to produce and so he was working with other um dry goods providers to get soy sauces and things like that and so i would tell him like look people want this brand people want this brand we need these six types of soy sauces um so customers were definitely a good way to get started and then the second one was uh believe it or not um we show our catalogs to our moms and we say, hey, what do you cook with here?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so they'll go down the list and they'll be like, well, I use this, I use this, I use this, I use this. And like, um, you know, I'll survey my aunt and she'll say the same thing too. So the way to think about it is uh, I want our moms to be able to go on this website. Yeah, the
1: moms and aunties.
2: Yeah. Um, You understand, like it's a little side tangent here, but sometimes like, you know, one of like us, us like our customers will order uh, produce for their parents, and they're probably so nervous because you know how stringent our parents get when it comes to um, looking at fruits and vegetables, especially sure. in a fresh market.
0: Mm-hmm. And so,
2: like the the look or the emails we get sometimes, where they're like, "Guess what? Like my mom was so happy how fresh your produce was. Like we are customers for life." That's
1: the highest praise <laughs> coming from an Asian yeah, mother. Or,
2: Oh yeah, and sometimes it's like even my grandma approved of this, and I was like, "Oh, that's it! Like we're ready for an IPO." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um, what does your dad think about all of this?
2: Sure. Um, so we 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 did like a, a talk about it a while back. Um, he at first kind of just you know shrugged it off and thought it was a hobby, just like a th- you know kind of like we all we I, I'm, I I get pretty like obsessed with hobbies. Um, and so he at the time just thought like, "Hey, this is a cool little stint, you know. You're gonna do this, and then back to normal." But now it's like, "Whoa, you got a warehouse! Whoa, you like you're building out a second fridge." And it's like, "Whoa, you guys are ordering things by the pallet now." And so he's kind of, it, it's like a sense of you can see it's like a sense of yeah, pride. I'm sure in he's, he's like, proud of you. Oh, yeah. Because he'll always like show it to my warehouse now, like unannounced. And I'm always like, what are you doing here? We're working. <laughs> but he's, you know, trying to sculpt out uh, like the operations and see like what's actually working and not working.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, can you describe what a week looks like for you at Asian Veggies? Like, what projects or parts of the business um, do you work on?
2: Sure. Um, so nowadays, like, thank God a lot of the the actual like hands on warehouse packing. Uh, I, it's, it, you know, I still do it, but not, I'm not as like required. But, uh, so we operate normally from Monday to Saturday. That's when we run deliveries. However, it's a seven day week business because on Sunday night, we kind of have to prep and prepare for orders on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it usually starts off at like 6 a.m. I'm up and, um, normally, uh, my dad will tell me like what veggies he can fulfill for me, uh, for what we need the, you know, for today's, the, today's orders and whatever he doesn't have, I'll start calling, you know, some of the other vendors in our area, um, to kind of just see like, Hey, like who's got this, who's got that. And sometimes there'll be a shortage of snow peas. Sometimes like there's a drought in Mexico, so no Chinese broccoli is coming up or there's a flood in Hawaii. So we don't have any purple yams, um, or Thai basil for that matter. Um, or like cheese got locked are locked up in customs right now, so it's going to take an <laughs> extra ten days. Um, so that's actually the fun part of the day because you're kind of like scrambling and calling everyone, and it's like you a see it as network. A puzzle. Yeah, and it's 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 just a network of us guys just trying to <laughs> trying to get what we need to fulfill for the day. Um, so we are a true just in time business where um, luckily my dad has you know just about all the veggies that we sell. I order, I'll basically, we pick it up from him in the morning and then, you know, whatever we need, um, whatever orders we need, we'll get from his warehouse and it's packed that same day and shipped out directly to the customers. Mind you, because my dad works directly with the farms, it's truly from farm to, you know, family, or that's like the jargon these days I'm trying to, (laughs) I'm trying to use.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. You make it sound quite fun.
2: Yeah. And um, so... About, you know, we're, uh, in the mornings about like seven, our team's in there, they're packing and everything, uh, about like nine, 10 ish, you know, we send our drivers out. And so after that's happening, we kind of go, okay, great. Uh, let's look through the warehouse, do inventory. Uh, what do we need to order for the next day? What drivers are missing? And, um, you know, then from like 12 onwards, it's kind of like a grace period, um, and, you know, I can go back to my regular life and come about seven, eight o'clock again. It's kind of like, okay, uh, how many orders did we get in? And uh, what do we need to prepare for for tomorrow? And, you know, let's route the drivers and do it all over again. So that's like the typical day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I'm I'm trying to manage like, uh, so our ads, Um you know, we run ads because that's the best way for us to grow customers. Uh, we just went live with Google AdWords. So just trying to figure out what's working, what's not working uh, as well as Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then that's sort of, you know, customer acquisition is pretty big um, as well as uh, what's it called? Um, we've been focused on renovations in the warehouse. Uh, we're basically building a, another fridge that's five times bigger than what we originally had. Um, we're basically we've, We've basically grown out of our existing fridge, uh, which is a good problem to have. Um, so we've been focused on renovations in the warehouse. So we, like my partner and I have just been going back and forth of like, all right, what's the function going to be like, what's envisioning what the new workflow is going to look like. So we talk, go back and forth on that a lot. Um, what else? Uh, oh yeah. And uh, just kind of figuring out areas of growth. So I'm pretty focused on like the PR front. Um, just, always talking to reporters or, you know, always happy to attend podcasts and just trying to work with our, or even community outreach, um, trying to figure out like who are some charities we should partner with that, you know, it helps with our brand um, and also makes us feel good uh, in order to, because you know, we're doing okay uh, for a company that started during COVID. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we want to give back to our community as well. So we had two big charity partnerships that we had announced in the past and those are like just amazing to do
1: yeah, that's awesome. Um, and it's so great to hear about your multifaceted role. Um, just in <laughs> this year alone, you're kind of wearing all the hats. Um, so kudos to you on that. Oh, uh, thank you.: uh, All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Feast Meets West.. <laughs> Um, so, Joe, what were you doing before you started Asian Veggies?
2: Sure. You mean what am I still doing? <laughs> uh-huh. um, so, uh, prior to starting Asian Veggies, or you know, still um, happening, is uh, by day I, I work for a financial services company called Visible Alpha. It's a uh, basically an estimates platform where we aggregate uh, data from a lot of like banks. And we, you know, create a nice interface on it. And then we sell it back to like asset managers. So like hedge funds and uh, mutual funds, guys who like are managing portfolios and, you know, analysts that are in the weeds with uh, the comp- the companies they invested.
1: Ah, gotcha. Oh my God. It's that New York City hustle. Everyone's always doing yeah. more than one thing at a time. Um, okay. So you've got two full-time jobs. How do you manage it all?
2: Whew. It's tough. But uh, once you get into, at first it's tough because you're kind of, you don't know where to go, how to prioritize. Um, you know, like if there's a fire drill happening, how do you shift your life, or your day? Uh, but I've essentially gone into the groove of things now. So it's, um, you know, it's, 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 look, balance is key and just truly understanding your schedule the next day, like really helps, mm-hmm. <laughs> but so also like, you are, yeah, but I am working around the clock too. <laughs>
1: um, yes. So you must really love it then.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a yes and no, right. I feel like it's the New York city part of me to say, yes, I love all this work. Uh, and no, cause dude down, I'm like, man, one day I'll be able to take a vacation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And what are the similarities between software sales and selling Asian produce? <laughs> uh,
2: so not much to be to, to be frank. Um, however, I mean it's uh, you call it the inner salesman in me. Um, sometimes customers will you know call us or write over email and ask and you know trying to ask about specific types of veggies or dried goods or how to use this and stuff. And you know in- instinctively I'm already like. Asking questions like, "Hey, what are you trying to cook? How many people you cook like, mm-hmm. oh, are you cooking for?" Like, "Oh, you're gathering that data." Yeah, exactly. The KYC. Um, so, so, so that's definitely helped um, in terms of like helping customers navigate through our site and you know helping them get to like their their end goal, their solution, which is uh, a a nice meal with all the ingredients that they need. Um, they they may walk away with too much ingredients, but uh, you know it's at least it's a happy customer. Um, yeah. The other part of it is um, it's, it is in finance. And so, you know, we do, you do, you know, I'm really good with Excel. And so having that background knowledge in Excel uh, really helps me just easily crunch some numbers with the business. Sometimes I'm, you know, I have my own models in terms of where Asian veggies is going to be in a year or two years. And just understanding like, okay, like, Revenue is revenue, but what actually moves revenue? Oh, it's, um, you know, number of customers that are ordering from you, the average order size for each of the customers that usually gives you a, um, a revenue number. That's great. So what drives customer numbers? It's like, well, um, how well are your ads doing? How much, how much are you spending on your ads? Well, if you spend a thousand bucks on ads and that gives you a $4,000 return, if each customer is spending a hundred bucks, that means you have 40 new customers. Um, and so just trying to like, understand like the gears within the business it's probably like I'm, I'm so grateful that i've been in finance just because mm-hmm. i have that you know yeah like modeling the, the under- it out yeah, yeah understanding like the, the unit economics and the drivers of the business
1: that's awesome okay yeah. so with um two jobs have you had time for activities other than work during covid like what's kept you sane <laughs> over the last year
2: yeah. So, um, I'm a big handballer. Um, I'll, uh, you, you'd have seen me in the, well, it's, I, since I just moved, uh, I, I do, I'm, I'm still trying to find like my park, but, mm-hmm. uh, normally you'll see me playing handball at the park. Um, I'm a big, you know, gym guy. So, uh, I'll normally be like at my gym, just like lifting weights or getting some kind of pump. Um, or, you know, uh, fishing is also a good hobby of mine. So, uh, sea bass uh, season just opened up on Monday. And so uh, you'll probably see me fishing with my dad <laughs> very often. Like if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see like all the fish. <laughs> that's
1: awesome. Um, yeah. And now that the city is reopened, do you think that's mm-hmm. going to change the demand or operations for Asian veggies?
2: Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it'd be pretty... Um, some were kind of like blunt at me or like looking the other way to say that it, it's not going to slow down business a little bit because we're, we're battling for, you know, ex- like people going out and having experience versus like cooking at home.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so that's always, but that's always going to be um, just how the world works, in my opinion. And so I think rather than seeing triple digit growth within a year, um, you know, things may go down to, like, double-digit growth where uh, we're growing linearly versus exponentially now, which is fine for us because that gives us more time to, like, like think about the operation and what areas we can, you know, make efficient for when we get to that triple-digit growth phase. Yeah. Um, yeah, and at the same time, uh, look, from March until now, it's still COVID. Um, I'm very grateful that customers have for- used, like, they basically created Asian veggies as a habit. Uh, I think they say it takes like two weeks yeah, to... Yeah, I'm you know,
1: guilty of that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, folks rely on us now. They, you know, I I, I I, truly hope it can get to a place where, you know, someone's at work and they're like, oh man, I'm about to be home soon. Like, how do I place my Asian... Like, I need to get groceries. Um, mm. You know, got to get food for the fun. Let me just place an order of Asian veggies real quick. And then... It's like they can be in the office, be okay, and then when they get home, like in their lobby, the doorman or inside in front of their door, there's your Asian veggie doorbell. Um So I, I truly hope that's where we that's where we get to.
1: Yeah. Um, what do you have planned for Asian veggies um, beyond the near future? So, like a year from now, two years from now, what's the vision?
2: Sure. Um, so. I wouldn't be surprised if we experimented with either shipping nationally. Um, we've, we've been doing research. And so I'm, I'm still trying to figure out if that's the right move to make or not. Just because, I mean, God forbid a customer orders like, you know, three elephant rice or, uh, <laughs> a ton, or like a bunch of Shaoxing wine because that's all glass. Um, but I feel like that's the route it's going and it's the easiest way for us to get to our customers. I still need to figure out how folks are shipping fresh produce. because That's something I still haven't figured out yet. Um, so that's one area we can go down. Two, I think the the natural next step is, believe it or not, there are a lot of restaurants out there um, that, outside of you know the the ethnic Chinatown areas, it's really hard for them to acquire um, Asian produce or mm-hmm. even just like any of the sauces, and so. Don't be surprised if you started seeing us as a restaurant supplier down the line.
1: That's great. There are so many avenues of opportunity.
2: Exactly. Uh, so to answer your original question, it's like, this is what we think about all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and do you have a mission statement for the company yet?
2: Uh, the mission statement, I think, oh, not exactly. But it's kind of like, we, this is what we strive to be. And, um, it's, you know, we want to be able to provide, uh, our customers with one, the most freshest produce ever, because we actually have direct access to farms. Um, and two, uh, we want to be able to basically offer the most specialty, um, ethnic items you can get. So if you walk into Whole Foods, I want, I want our customers to be able to walk into Whole Foods and not find any of our items within their store. Um, that's what we're striving to be. We we truly want to, you know, sort of stand out by just offering items you can't get at those places. Um, And that's our niche.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. And definitely um, providing value for um, customers such as myself. (laughs) So (laughs) I love what you're doing. Thank you so much for uh, creating this platform so we can all indulge in the... Asian food products we so enjoy. Um, And yes, please keep up the hustle.
2: Yeah. Thanks so much, Linda. And thanks for having me on the call today.
1: Yeah. And uh, where should listeners go to check out Asian veggies?
2: Absolutely. Um, So you can find our site at www.asian-veggies.com. Or if you just Google Asian veggies, um, NYC, we're probably going to be at the top of the Google search.
1: Nice. Thanks to your AdWords play. Yes. <laughs> do you think you're going to have an app coming soon?
2: A what? Sorry.
1: Uh, an app coming soon.
2: Oh, um, so we've talked about that for a while now. And um, it's that's also a big dilemma. I My partners and I do want to build the app. It's just, it's I'm not like, I feel like we'd be opening a can of worms when, you know, ha- having a developer trying to build something like this out. Um, but I do, I do think app is the way to go. Just one, because we get more data on, you know, the customer's uh, patterns and ordering habits and all that good stuff. And two, it's just you're creating an, a mega nice experience within your own app versus like being, uh, you know, on Shopify.
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, um, a lot of exciting projects ahead. Thank you, Joe, yeah. for chatting with me.
2: Thanks, Linda. I appreciate the time.
1: And that's it for our show. It's so great to be back. Thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in. We truly appreciate your support, and it would mean so much if you could leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back in a couple weeks with another conversation from the world of Asian food. Beast Meets West is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.